Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of Drag Time with Hecklina. I am so glad to be here with you guys. I'm still down here in Palm Springs, and if I'm if I'm sounding a little bit groggy, it's because I uh, the temperature reached 102 degrees here today, and I laid out in the sun for too long, so I'm a little bit spaced out. Um, but uh, I think I can met, make it through the podcast. Thank you for joining us again. We had such a fun time with Darcy Drollinger last week. Um, this week we have a very special guest. I'm so excited about it. I can hardly wait to introduce her, but first... Uh, let's just have a few important announcements. Number one, we made it to more than 3,500 listens, which is really, really great. Thanks to each of you for subscribing and listening with each and every episode. Mark has been busy sprucing up the show's Facebook page this week, and he's working on some exclusive content for our supporters. So be sure to watch for exciting announcements about that. Now, here's a hint. If you uh, are or ever were a fan of uh, the Sideshow podcast I did, you're going to want to pay special attention to the announcements Mark will be putting out in the coming week. If you would like to support Drag Time with Eklina, the number one thing you can do, and it's free, I know we're all a little bit strapped for money now, the number one thing you, you can do is subscribe to the show. And please like us, rate us, and tell everyone you know about the show. Um, if you would like to contribute or tip us so we can keep bringing you original content, you can find us on the Cash app as Drag Time or visit our website, dragtimewithheclina.com, for other ways to support us. Now, I'm going to intro uh, this episode's very special guest. We have talked about her on the show before when John Cameron Mitchell was here because we're all obsessed uh, with her, and I know I can speak for Mark as well. We can't attribute this quote because we stole it from an unnamed source, but suffice it to say that she's like watching Ruth Draper after she's come back from an acid trip, during which she thought she was Janis Joplin. <laughs> it's a lady that I fell in love with the first time I saw her on stage. Please welcome into your hearts, homes, and your little earbuds, celebrated international vocalist, performing artist, comedic monologist. It is Miss Amber Martin. Hi, Amber. <laughs> How are you? Thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm so I'm so grateful that you uh, had me on your show. I'm serious. I I love you so much. I can't even begin. I'm gushing. My God, I love you too. No, seriously, uh, I cut myself yeah. and I'm gushing blood. Oh no! <laughs> Please don't do that. Drink it. Drink it. <laughs> no, I'm drinking the next best thing: red wine. So. Oh, that is kind of like blood. That's the blood mm -hmm. of Christ. The blood of Christ. Blood of the baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I, I just want to say I want to give people a little bit of history of how I became aware of you, and that was witch camp. Which yes. was at um, with Nathan Carrera at um, at Oasis, yes. and you know uh, Jill, my door girl, Jill Ryder, who is a filmmaker and does visuals and is a DJ, uh, just kind of like just randomly was like, "Hey, can we uh, do witch camp in the front room?" Um, and I didn't know anything about it, and I was like, "Whatever," <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I told her, you know, to keep expenses down. I said, you know, I'll come in and I'll bartend. And then I, I came in to work that show, and I was so blown away by the show, and and I couldn't take my eyes off you. I mean, you you just commit so much when you're on stage. Um, so I just was a huge fan of Witch Camp and a huge fan of you. I mean, Nathan Carrera, of course, I've always been a fan of it. Yeah. And then me too. when you when you came back to Oasis, uh, the last time I saw you on stage before. Before we had to stop being on stages know, temporarily. The um, last time I saw you, you performed your incredible homage show, Bathhouse Bet. Uh, 
And Mark and uh, Mark and I were in the front row, and uh, well, he's a total fanboy. I was sitting with John Cameron and Mitchell, and uh, it was just an amazing show. Thank you. You were there in San Francisco uh, because you had just been at the Zellerbach Hall supporting John mm-hmm. uh, in his Origin of Love World Tour. So yeah. tell us about that show and the incredible fans who seemed to follow you around San Francisco. Well, you know, uh, truth be known, I'm I'm sure, I don't know what John already spilled the beans about, but, you know, probably about 13 or 12 and a half years ago, it feels like that long. Uh, I met John at a, a radical fairy salon party at some house in Chelsea. And um, all we talked about was uh, records and music and and that I was a DJ back in Portland before I moved to New York. Like John was one of the first people I met when I moved to New York. So I, you know, I, I planted my seeds correctly, but, um, but he ended up asking me to join him in this party that we do called Mattachine. Right. And, um, my first big thing in San Francisco, I've been there years and years and years, many times, uh, since the early nineties, but, Mattachine in San Francisco was our first big thing that drew a crowd. So I sort of introduced myself to the masses in San Francisco back when we did our first Mattachine there. And it was it was awesome. What was the club that we did it at? I can't remember. Probably it was El Rio. El Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, El Rio. And we, it was out on the patio. And like... Just to this day, it's one of the most epic parties mm-hmm. I've ever been to, <laughs> and, it, and it was my party. Oh, <laughs> so, if you, so if you like, do say so oh, yourself, shit. yes, yes. You know, if I do say so, but it, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't say it's because of me, but because of the magical vibe that was happening on that patio uh, before the sunset, you know, and it was just a free, wild, great, uh, you know, everybody's arms were up to, to the heavens and. You know, it was beautiful. And so back to the thing is that Mattachine is the real reason that brought me and started my uh, love affair with people in mm-hmm. San Francisco. So, you know, fun, fun fact, uh, John Cameron Mitchell is quarantining down here in Palm Springs, and I've been seeing a lot of him. Uh, I'm going I've been going on hikes with him. I, I had oh, I, I had his birthday. Nice. Um, I had a birthday dinner for him very small gathering just me and him and my my other friend I'm quarantining with I baked him a strawberry rhubarb pie he oh is God, a he's he's so a sweet. he's an infamous uh, germaphobe I don't know if you knew this about him but, <laughs> he, he does it yeah he's pretty yeah, <laughs> he's he is uh, but he's come up with some amazing recipes for hand sanitizer he keeps bringing me Oh, um, I love it. Yeah, it's it's made there are it's made from Everclear, you know, that really yes. uh, the grain alcohol. Yeah. So uh so <laughs> so the origin and you know he takes he takes Everclear and then he puts like some essential oils in it. So it does smell <laughs> it yeah. smells pretty good, you know. But um yeah, of course the origin of Love World Tour. So you guys were talking about it when yeah. you were on stage at Oasis. Of course it's well, been we, postponed. Uh, yeah. We we learned that he and I learned that we're good travel buddies mm-hmm. uh, throughout because, you know, back to the Mattachine thing, like because of doing Mattachine all over the country, we've, we've become, we've realized that we're comfortable to be around with each other, you know? And so I think uh, that, you know, combined with the fact that I'm a good friend of his at this point, he trusts me and we travel well together. And I can also harmonize with a, fucking toad frog you know and you know what i mean like i could harmonize with i'm i'm 
I lucked out, you know, I got mm. taught harmony as my first language by my mom. She sat me down at the smallest age and, uh, and, you know, she was like, okay, this is, you know, the Everly brothers. And I must've been maybe four or five years old. And, uh, you know, she taught me how to harmonize. I'll never forget it. And give us a, uh, give us a little Everly brothers. Oh, uh, well, one of my favorites is, um, love hurts, love scars, love wounds, and mars any heart not tough or strong enough. I could keep going. Wow. <laughs> I I was I, I'm so familiar with the Nazareth version mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. I don't I guess I didn't really yep. know the Everly brothers one that well. Yeah, uh, their version is a real sweet little, you know, dreamy version. And, oh, beautiful. Uh, I'm, I agree with you, though. I'm with you, Heck, Lena. What? I'm, a, I'm a rocker. Like, oh, Nazareth you like, is, you like is the, the Nazareth one? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, so you're in. So, uh, exactly. <laughs> like he was drinking whiskey his entire yeah, life. I know. <laughs> I know. So, How did he, that guy? Oh, Dan McCafferty. Oh, yeah. How did what? How did that guy keep his voice through all the touring they must have done back they in the They probably 70s? just had him, they had him smoking lot, like cartons of cigarettes and drinking whiskey. <laughs> They're like, your, your voice is starting to clear up a little bit. You better smoke some more cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, here's a pack, bitch. Don't do exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, uh, one, so like I said, the last time I saw you, um, was on stage at Oasis. And uh, the last time I performed was like on Friday the 13th back in, in March. So mm-hmm. we've all had to kind of go online and uh, you've got some Facebook Live weekly events happening. Um, yeah. Tuesday, tell us about, tell us about Ambioki. How about this, right, Heclina? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so don't weird. you think that, don't you feel like we've, all of us have people, we're already like, living on the internet and doing all these Facebook live things and stuff, I think, but people like me, I'm a live gal, you know, I do it all on stage and, and it's been a real experience to try to figure out how the hell to do this, you know, and be creative about it. And somehow, yeah. So, which leads me to the, to the ambioki thing that I started. I just, you know, I got to practice my chops, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm a singer and, uh, and in order, if, if you just sit on it, you know, it kind of gets weaker. And I, the more you sing, well, at least for me, the more I sing, it's like working a muscle. And so I just thought, you know, screw it. I'm going to sit out in my pa- back patio and I'm just going to do a Facebook Live and I'm just going to sing songs to all these tracks. Because mm-hmm. at the time I, I had, tr- I couldn't figure out a way to do something live on a split screen with a live person because it created a delay, you know, and, and I, I just, I thought, screw it. I'm going to just sit back here. I'm going to play these tracks, these corny ass karaoke tracks and sing songs I want to sing and then let people request songs, you know, and then I could sing songs they want me to sing. And then that encourages people to tip as well, you know, and, uh, it all started with my, I did my first Facebook live of the, 
of the quarantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had had a show booked at the Logon Cafe here in Beaumont. I was going to do my Reba show. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, I do it every year. I come down and I do Reba and I get a big crowd and it's all local ass people. And, um, you know, probably 80% of the room are Trump supporter people. You know, they they Ooh. don't during those moments. And if I have a job down here in Southeast Texas, mm-hmm. that's my job. It's to bring people together without fighting and 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 try to keep reminding people that we're all the same people. You know what I mean? Like we all want, generally want the same things. And it also, I, you know, in hopes of reminding people to support LGBTQ people and to not judge and, you know, but it, and I do it through comedy and, right. and, uh, and it draw, it's a draw, you know, and mm-hmm. Hey, these people know who I am. They know exactly who the hell I am. They know my thoughts and feelings. Cause I, I, brandish them on Facebook, you know. I don't think that anybody is is mistaken when they're being entertained about who you are exactly either. So No, like I, you don't, I don't you don't let anything. people forget. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But that that Sunday night though, okay, it was we were just getting into the weeds of understanding, you know, collectively what it was gonna mean to be quarantined. And I will mm-hmm. just say mm-hmm. that was my first laundry Sunday night of quarantine. That was my first like coming to terms with the enormity of the situation Sunday night. You mean night. at Oasis? No. No, no, I mean, I mean, whenever you did your Reba show, um, oh yeah, because yeah. because you brought it online that night, and like I needed that in that moment, and I could tell just by the comments that were happening during the event, there were a lot of people who needed it. Too. Yeah, it was my first one, and uh, it was a complete random shit show. I thought, you know what, I was supposed to do the damn show anyway. Why don't I just do it? I was out at my cousin's. I was kind of spending a few days at Alicia's, my cousin, because. She and her husband have like two acres and they let me stay in their, in their trailer out in the back of their house. And, uh, and so I had my little short cousin videotape me and follow me around her big giant barn. And, um, and I had her husband play my tracks, (laughs) Uh. you know, and these people are not show people at all. So I was so proud of them. And, but, uh, anyways, that was such a success. And I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to keep doing this, um, but I'm not going to make it as a big deal like I did that one. You know, um, that was like a show. You know what I mean? What I'm doing on Tuesdays is not really a show. It's kind of just like a, it's a hangout, you know, um, and I'm allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But I'm calling it Ambioke because I'm just singing stupid karaoke songs. But I'm also singing some of my original songs off my album, AM Gold. And, you know, just trying to make a little money in the meantime uh, by, by people generously tipping or whatever, you know. It's yeah, rough. I know. I mean, we we had to all adjust overnight. And, you know, uh, th- there's a real glut of uh online shows happening right now and it feels almost like when uh the silent films turned into the talkies you know a lot of people are left they're like the emperor has no clothes when 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 some of these people have to perform in the little in a little square box you know and 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 try and entertain people for an hour i uh i actually found that when i'm performing uh on these shows i've done two shows for the drag fest and I, I i found that i cannot lip sync in this little space so i have actually done two live singing um 
shows and it's you know it was very inspiring awesome. to do it yeah that's great uh I yeah and it was that. fun and and it's great how you know we had to overnight figure out how are we going to get through this and music is a big mm-hmm. big way that i've been getting through it you know blasting music uh in my house down here in palm springs mm-hmm. and and you obviously you obviously i mean it's, i don't even have to say it but uh I'll, I'll just rattle off some of the the names of people that you do tribute shows of and you know one is Bette Midler, of course, and then mm-hmm. Laura Nero, uh, Reba, yeah. yep. uh, Janis Joplin, mm-hmm. uh, Journey. Yep. Uh, am, am I missing somebody here? Um, I've done, I've done, a, I've done a Dolly Parton, and I've done a Joni. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but those weren't like my own shows; those were collaborative shows. You know, Madonna, Fonz, Stevie Nicks. One thing a lot of these people have in common that I've mentioned you do tributes of, they're all singular, singular voices, a very yeah. unique. And I feel like if some of them, I feel like if Janis Joplin went on American Idol, she, they'd say, hey, hit the road, lady. You're too weird. You know, I feel like God, now, so now, yeah, now, or Bjork wow. or whoever, they'd be like, you you know, you, you don't know how to sing. No. Come back when you learn how to sing. So listen, I am not going to. I am. I refuse to be one of those people that says, "Oh, it was so great back in the seventies and eighties, and everything sucks now." You know, there's a lot of people like that. But guess what? It was so great back in the seventies and eighties, and everything sucks now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. But you don't want to be that person telling. You don't want to be that person telling young kids because when I first moved well, they to just, San Francisco, they just get bitter and angry right. and, and, you know, uh, yeah. When I first moved to San Francisco, all the old Queens told me it's not what it used to be. But to me, it was amazing. Sure. And now, yeah. and now, now I can say San Francisco is a piece of shit. And, um, and, uh, but I don't want to say it to these young kids, but it, it was a lot more fun well, back in the 70s. You know what though? Here's the deal. Because when I moved, I moved to New York in 2006, right? So, I mean, I have just barely got there right at the very last squelch of 24-hour speakeasy, right. secret knock on the door, uh, smoking inside type situation, you know. And um, and I, I get constantly hearing stories about, oh, remember, oh, Dan Ceteria and oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, yeah. all, the, all the different amazing clubs to go to in New York. And I just missed it. And so I hear these stories and I actually love hearing the stories, but at the same time, I'm thinking, well, fuck, you know, I guess I'm screwed. I should slip my wrists, you know? And I think that's what the young people, they don't, they want to hear stories, but they don't want to hear that it's over because I believe you, the party is where you are. Yeah. And if you walk in a damn restaurant that's completely empty but has great food and you bring the right group of people, that's where the fucking party is, you know? The party is definitely where you are. Yeah. The party's in, the party's in <laughs> Beaumont, Texas right now. Yeah, the party's you always in bring, my you, pants. That's right. You always right. bring the party. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a downer for the youth of today. No, but I mean, me neither. The, I want to inspire yeah. them. Because the world was a shithole back then, too. It was Vietnam and Nixon and, you know, yep. recessions. So it's always going <laughs> to suck, you, you know, know. Have you ever heard of Unitard? Of course. The, okay. The, 
Yeah. <laughs> Unitard has, they did this thing at Joe's pub where they're talking there. It's like a, you see this couple and they're sitting there talking, um, David Ilku and Nora Burns, and they're sitting there, they're saying, oh, uh, I, you know, sucked Mark Jacobs' cock at Danceteria. Oh, well, I divine shaved my back. And, you know, <laughs> and all of this, and they're just rem- reminiscing. And then Mike Albo steps out and he goes, are you sick of hearing these people talk about their memories? And he goes, well, now you can send them back to where they want to be. And he clicks a remote control and they, and and then suddenly they, they pop back into the time. And then they're like, Oh my God, I stepped in dog shit. And, and Nora goes, that's not dog shit. That's human shit. And it's just like, somebody stole my stereo speaker, you know? And it, my whole point of bringing it up is that, so funny because if we could go back, it would be there would be a lot of problems, <laughs> you know. <laughs> sure, I mean, yeah, we're I'm I'm nostalgic for you know the early '90s, but I was hooked on meth and AIDS was everywhere, killing oh, people. And, you know what I mean? God, I know. But um, so so yeah, like, that's a wh- rough one. That's that's wherever you go, there you are. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But but David Ilku does have a really good claim to fame. He was in Liquid Sky, and I love David Ilku. Unitard is amazing. Yeah, I, they're hilarious. I love. They them performed so much. at um, at Oasis, so they didn't sell any tickets because I think they're too smart. You know, people are like, "What is and, this? What is going on?" Mm-hmm. You know, great television series, great movies that should be. I mean, Bridget Everett had this amazing show that she tried to get take uh, bought up, and they turned it down. And John, for example, he wrote this amazing series for television. People want robot culture, right. you know? Right. They want the maternity, uh, the, the paternity test on Maury Povich or whatever. Yeah. You know? Oh God. I know, so, I know. Or RuPaul's Drag Race. Don't get me started on nah. that. You know? Would you, uh, can I tell you the truth? I'm sorry to say, but I've never seen a single episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. Neither have I. You have it? Well, then I guess we can't judge it, can we? I Well, you know, I, I, I do judge it because the, the fans that that show has produced, I, I'm not, I don't want to generalize, but it's really dumbed down the audience of drag. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. And again, I haven't seen it. And I'm more on your team about it than, than the other team, I suppose. But I do have this one little devil's advocate question about it is um, there are places, small towns in places that are completely red, that are completely Christian conservative. Like if you're gay, you're of the devil and you don't count. So these kids have access to that show because it's so mainstream now that I believe that there is good in that show. Because maybe not for people like us that are a little more advanced in our sure. jaded, know, jaded, yeah, right? Yeah, jaded. Exactly. Yes, of course. Exactly. Okay, I'm, but, yeah, but I, yeah. I, I think it can be a, a blessing for you know young people, especially very young people. You sure. I, I mean, I, I always thought the people who were fighting the fight for gay rights were in the big cities. The people who are fighting the fight are the ones who are living in bumfuck, you know, Nebraska or those whatever. Those are the and real fighters. Those yeah, are the real God fighters. Yeah, God you know? bless them. Uh, I'm not going to go to Jackson, Mississippi and, you know, open a gay bar. But no, um, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. But yes, it has. But uh, but I mean, if, if, if you're On jaded. On the other hand, yeah. these days your gay bar in Jackson, Mississippi might be the hit of the town. 
Oh, sure. Yeah, because there's a lot more acceptance of it. Because of things like Drag Race. And and Will and Grace and Queers mm-hmm, Folk and, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and whatever, you know. Ellen. Adam. I would like to see more, and maybe I've missed out on something, but I would like to hear, because I hear enough about it that from all my friends, my 90% uh, gay men friends, <laughs> um, <laughs> um or I should say my 90% of all my friends who happen to be gay men. Um, <laughs> I, hear, you know what I mean? Like I'm one of those gals, you know? Um, but I, 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 I don't hear a lot about the tribute of the older Queens, you know, like the, the ones who really, really laid it down, like laid their life down for it. Sure. You know? I mean, when, when I was, when I was starting in drag, I idolized people like Lady Bunny and Divine and people who were, people who were trailblazing. I mean, Sweetie. say what you will about Lady, yeah, say what you will about Lady Bunny, but she's been walking the walk since the mid eighties. Right on. And, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and but she gets yeah. she gets airtime on that. She does because uh, her and RuPaul they moved to New York together. But um, you know, I, I have so much inside information. I really shouldn't talk about it on this podcast. No, but what about you know what about Linda Simpson or uh, you know people that also were there in the mid eighties that were rocking oh, it out? You know, uh, you know what is so funny is I bumped into Linda Simpson at, in Reykjavik. Uh, yeah, it was so funny. I was doing a drag. Yeah, I was doing a drag event and, um, and it was Reykjavik pride. And, uh, I was walking through the crowd and there was Linda Simpson. I was like, this is so weird. Um, That's but, so great. <laughs> yeah. I love Linda. Oh my yeah, God. I love Linda so She's much. She's very, very smart. Yeah, of course. I go, and, her, you know. I go to her. Well, I did. I went to her bingo. I'm sure it'll be back. She does bingo. <laughs> she Maybe does- she'll do it online. God, she should do bingo online, but then how could you check their how could you check their cards? I'm not sure. I, I know a friend of mine is doing an online bingo thing tomorrow. I'll have to give it a watch and see how they do it. Oh yeah, do it. Yeah, but people are being very creative, that's for sure. Like like yeah. like we talked about. Well, um, and, and one of the things that I have enjoyed about my little ambioki is um is that it's got kind of a little group of people that tune in every Tuesday and people from Idaho, people from Australia and Oh, back to just real quick, back to the Reba thing is um, it turned out that my Reba show in Beaumont live at the, at the club with an audience couldn't have brought more than 300 people, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the show I did on Facebook live brought over 2000 views Oh, wow. So, you know, I'm not like bragging, but I'm just saying it, it, it just did. Right. And um, it was early on, you know, it was earlier on in the quarantine situation. That's when it was like, ding, light bulb, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I should always do this, not stop performing live, but. Oh, sure. Definitely keep doing it. And, you know, you you have a lot of fans. Can I tell you a little anecdote? So John went with me downtown to downtown Palm Springs to look at this venue. And next door to the venue was a little wine shop and sandwich place. And we went in there and we're like, "Uh, my name's Heckelina. They hadn't heard of me. And I said, this is John Cameron Mitchell. And they're like, oh, we know about you through Amber Martin. We're big fans of Amber Martin. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> How the tables have turned. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, that makes, oh, that makes my heart explode. It really yeah. does. 
They God. love you. Aww. Have you done shows here in Palm Springs? No. I, I might even, I might know where that, who you're talking about because I, otherwise I can't imagine anybody in Palm Springs other than I have two friends that are gay married uh, that live there. Uh, one of them is my dance teacher from when I was really young here in Beaumont. But the other two, I'm thinking, you said they own the place? But they moved from New York. Yes. Okay. I think I might know who you're talking about. I did the Atlantis cruise. I did a couple of shows on the, I did a couple of cruises with them and I met this one couple and they said, we live in Palm Springs and we want to bring you. And well, I never heard from them after that, but uh, I bet you anything, that's who it was. I'll bet it is. Yeah. They're very, they're very nice. They know everything about Palm Springs and I would love for you to come and just slay the people here in Palm Springs. Hell, you better don't even ask me twice. I'm already there. So tell me about House of Cunt. What is House of Cunt? So when I um, moved to Portland, Oregon to be a flight attendant, it was about I didn't know that. Yeah, I was a flight attendant. Wow. You're a renaissance woman. I know. Wouldn't you have wanted me to be your flight attendant? Absolutely. (laughs) 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 I'd be like, swim, bitch. I'm saving No, I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but I I did that for about three years or so. And I, um, I I quit the job because I just, I was a dance, I had a dance degree and I felt like I needed to be, you know, dancing at the time. And so I quit that job. And I also, you know, be honest, be honest with you. I like to smoke weed. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I felt like, you know, it wasn't that important to me, but it was something where I felt like, well, listen, I fly four days and then I'm off eight days. Mm -hmm. And when I'm off for those eight days, I want to go out to the woods and go camping and I want to smoke a doobie and I don't want to get fired for it a week later when I'm on the, you know, when they drug test me. Right. So I finally said, you know, screw this. I, you know, I'm too young and fuck it. So I quit. I got a job at music millennium, a record store. And I met the people that I would start to become, uh, dear friends with for life. And, uh, it, then I became a Portland cable access, uh, producer. And so I created a couple of shows on Portland cable access they were really stupid and funny. And we just, all of us made these great videos together. And one day we were like, we were all living together and, and our phone number was, um, our last four numbers were uh, two, eight, six, eight, which spelled cunt. Oh. And so as a joke, we would sometimes answer the phone and be like, Oh, hello. The landline, because this is before cell phones. Well, hello, house of cunt. May I help you? You know, as a joke. And, a few years later, we were like, let's take this to a stage. And so we did. And we were trying to come up with a name for our group, but everything was so contrived. Let's call ourselves the blah. And it was just stupid. And then one of the girls, Ange- Angela Campbell, said, why don't we call ourselves House of Cunt? And I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. We started doing shows at the Stark Raving Theater, which is a proper small theater in Portland. And we were selling out every night. Like we would turn away gobs of people. And what was special about it was that we were doing political satire. We were dancing, we were singing, and we were doing everything to these weird homemade tracks that I was making. 
And it's where I created about, you know, half of the characters I do. I have a whole bunch of characters that I've created over the years. And uh, it was kind of like based on my inspiration of from growing up watching all the great, you know, SCTV, Carol Burnett, Saturday Night Live. Uh, And so our shows were really great. And we could talk about how Monsanto wants to take over the world's food supply, but yet do it in a way that's so funny that people would like not even realize it until they got home and then be like, wait, did they say (laughs) like trickingly? Right. Slightly subversive. Totally. We, We sang songs. We did a lot of covers, but we would do like a deep country moment. And then we would do a, an acid trip moment. And then we would do Uh, like a deep, deep funk moment. And then we would do a hard rock and roll moment. And then somebody would do an original song. Caitlin Kennedy, my partner, would do uh, an original song. And so, you know, and then we would dance to some original music that we recorded. It was kind of like, you know, when you, I grew up, did you guys grow up as TV kids in the 70s? Totally. Yes. You know, if you got bored with something, you'd have your remote and you just click to the next channel, click to the next channel. Click but there to weren't the- that many channels. No, there were three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yes. but uh, you know, so that's kind of what it was. It was just like a, a hodgepodge of different skits, I guess you could call it. And, uh, and then I moved to New York from there. And so House of Cunt is still, we have so much documentary footage of that, those years, because we videoed everything. Where in Portland was this that you performed? We did um, the White Eagle. We did a Satyricon, mm. some little small, those are, those are small venues, but we did other small venues. And we, Stark Raving Theater was our biggest one. And then Pika did their inaugural TBA festival and they invited us to be the TBA. So House of Cunt, that was our biggest show yet. Talking about quarantines, uh, shifting gears from House of Cunt to quarantine, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, a day in the life of Hecklina involves waking up whenever the fuck I feel like it, okay. having coffee, checking mm-hmm. emails, Facebook, maybe trying to meditate, going for a swim, taking a nap, eating dinner, watching Netflix, and then the next day, the exact same thing. What yeah. does What does a day in quarantine look like for you right now? So everything up to meditation was me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wake up, you know, when I, when I feel like it and, uh, you know, definitely the coffee. That's a big one for me. I like Illy. I like Illy coffee and I like a French press uh-huh. Have about two cups, you know, take a crap and then I'm moving on with my day, you know, and it, my mom, I'm here with my mom, Cheryl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so every single minute of every single day is involves her in some way, you know, and, uh, we, you know, we've been having a pretty good time together. It took you a minute. You guys get along? You guys well, get along pretty well? It took a minute of getting used to, uh, mm. on both of us. And we're still, I think, you know, I think we're over that hump of problems, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and that makes another reason for me to bring up the quarantine isn't it's a tragedy that's unthinkable. And we 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 don't want this situation. But, you know, the loss is unbearable. But uh, but on the other hand, for me, it's been it's it's kind of been a, a weird blessing for me as well, because it's taught me about, you know, being p- more patient 
and, uh, and, and, uh, oh, it's just made my heart kind of blow up with love about my friends who I can't touch and hug and, and, you know, kiss them on the cheek. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's been a, and it's, it's given me a, a, a new outlet of performance and creativity that I, I guess I wasn't, you know, I used to be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make these videos one day and I'm going to create a television show and I'm, you know, I'm going to make new music and, um, and I wasn't doing it. Right. Cause I was in a, in a cycle of constantly doing the same thing over and over. And because of this, having to stay at home all the time, it's, it's kind of forced me uh, to do those, start doing those things mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I will say I'm, I totally agree with you. Uh, uh, it is a horrible tragedy what's going on, but I'm speaking from a place of some privilege. I'm here in a house in Palm Springs with a pool. You know, uh, I, I, I have two cars. I, I, I can do. There's places to hike around here. But it's is this also, a dating profile? Are you no, no, no. dating profile? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's uh, it's making me realize. You know, I don't want to sound too corny or Pollyannish, but it does make me think about the things that are really important, it, and it makes me think about the things we all took for granted in our everyday lives and uh, things we cannot do right now, like just going out to a restaurant yeah, or going, well, and, going out I, with friends. You know. And and nature is nature is really benefiting from us being indoors. Nature's uh, back. Yeah, nature's nature's really back. This will. A lot of people are like so bummed out. They're like, this is never going to end. It will end, and eventually, like the nineteen eighteen pandemic. I'm not going to talk like I was there, but mm-hmm. eventually, everybody forgot about it. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it's just we're going through it right now, and it feels like it's going to be forever. But well, there's a lot of people in towns like where I'm at. I'm in Beaumont, Texas, and mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people in this town that are already, you know, partying together and hanging out. Like our numbers here, or at least the numbers that we know about, mm-hmm. um, our numbers here aren't as, as uh, destructive as let's say New York, New Orleans. Who the fuck, who the fuck goes to Beaumont, Texas? You know what I well, mean? Well, you know, no, I'm just like exactly. That. No, you're, I'm sorry, but you're correct because it's not really a destination. It's a, it's a place to grow up and, um, you know, kind of marry your high school sweetheart and procreate and get a, a job uh, at one of the refineries or one of the schools or, you know, be a dance teacher and make mm-hmm. a life here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not for people like me, you know, right. who I'm a show pony and a freak, you know. Mm-hmm. God, we're so similar, Amber. My my parents wanted me to stay. My dad wanted me to stay in this little podunk town in minnesota called forest lake and work in a domino's pizza box factory and drive a camaro and i was yeah. like you know what i'd rather be on the streets and that's what i did i took a bus to the california and wow yeah. but I, I was eight i was like 19 so, wow. <laughs> so you, you, were, you went to san francisco you were 19 no i went, actually went to san diego and then i went back to iceland and then i moved from iceland to san francisco Iceland? Uh, yeah, I'm half Icelandic. My mother's from Holy Iceland. Crap. Yeah. Uh I was supposed wow. to be going to I was supposed to be going to Iceland on a trip, but you know, that got canceled. Anyway. Yeah. It'll come back. It'll, of course, yeah, it'll all come back. And you know, I was reading an article on Vice uh the other day about how one day we'll have a hard time remembering all these all this stuff we're going through right now because people go through wars. Yeah. People go through really traumatic things. And 
years later, they don't remember it, except for for little flashes. So I think the beautiful things that you're talking about, you'll remember being connected better with your mom and you'll, you'll remember having some space to work on yourself. Yes. Um, Yes. And so I think, yeah, I I do want to take a moment for those of us that aren't as fortunate as us sure. you know, who have lost a, a loved one or a, you know, uh, obviously, or have an elder in or someone sick that they can't talk to and can't go visit, you know, that sucks, you know? <laughs> so those people obviously won't forget this. Um, we will, but they well, won't. You know? I'm, I'm also going through the same thing. I had a family member pass away this past Monday in Portland oh, no. and I, uh, uh, I could not, uh, I was supposed to be on a plane to Portland for the funeral, but they yeah. couldn't even have they couldn't even have a funeral, you know. So now, were they uh, of the COVID or was it something? No, else? it was uh, it was uh, she had lung cancer that was discovered very late, and it was oh. took her it took her very quickly. Oh. I, I was I was trying to get there so I could you know see her before she passed, but I, you know, I oh. I would have arrived too late anyway. Uh, with my flight, e- even without the COVID, you know, mm-hmm. so, but you know, there's no funeral. And, and, you know, I'm like, I, that's just, I, I'm going through something that the whole world is going through. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to see the positive side of things. And right. that, that's well, what I'm holding to, on to. Yeah. You have to. I mean, if you yeah. can, you have an amazing ability to touch people. And I, I don't know if people have told you this before, but when you perform on stage, it almost feels, I think every person in that audience feels like you're talking directly to them. At least that was the feeling I had both times I've seen you live on stage. Uh, she was talking to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her. <laughs> no, really, though, I, 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 that honestly could possibly be the greatest compliment I've ever received. And I'm so grateful to hear you say that. Thank you. It was so beautiful. And it was so beautiful how, how you connected with people as you walked through the, the crowd. And I, there's so many highlights of the Bette Midler show. But I did tell you before we started recording, there was one, especially one uh, song you sang that I almost cried and I never cry. Um, and it, it has a little bit more meaning now because it was written by uh, John Prine who did pass away from COVID. And uh, of course, Bette Midler did an amazing uh, version of it. And yeah. you, you sang that song. So you said you might give us a little snippet of it. Yeah. I'll do, I'll give you a chorus. How about that? That sounds great. This is hello in there by John Prine. God bless him. Rest in peace, John Prine. We had an apartment in the city. Me and my husband, we liked living there. It's been years and years since the kids have grown. A lifetime of their own. They left us all alone. Mm, you know that old trees, they just grow stronger and older rivers. They grow wilder every day. Oh, but old people, they just grow lonesome, waiting for someone to say, Hello in there, hello.
Beautiful. That was amazing. It's very, it's very, uh, it's very touching right now, especially because old people, they, we, we do need to check on them during this time. God, yes. And, uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, Seriously. Gosh. So I like that the last verse of it is so sweet because it says, so if you're walking down the street sometime and you spot some hollow ancient eyes, don't just pass them by as if you don't care. You say hello in there, hello in there, hey. Hello. It's so pretty. It's very pretty. Thank you for that so much. Thank you. Uh, Well, you know, everything in the entertainment world is on a weird hold right now, like we talked about. But are there some projects you want to let people know about outside of the digital world that you're working on? My friend Paul Leshen and I do this Journey show. And he it's just him on piano and me singing all of the Steve Perry songs from Journey, from the band Journey. And, uh, we finally, you know, how I told you that I was just doing these karaoke tracks. Mm-hmm. Finally, we figured out a way to do it live without delay or interference split screen. So he is in New York and I'm here in Beaumont and he plays the song and I can sing along with it and we don't cancel each other out and there's no, um, latency. It's freaking amazing. And so, um, so moving forward, I'm going to, now that I've figured that little trick out, I'm going to see, I think maybe John and I are going to do something together. Uh, I have a record, uh, that I'm very proud of. It came out several years back and, um, I'm going to work on a new one, but this one record I'm just real proud of. It's called AM gold and, um, it's, it's available on Bandcamp. but if you wanted to get the vinyl, I can mail you a copy. Uh, I don't mind doing that. And, um, you know, and you could like Venmo me the money for the vinyl, but if you want my record on vinyl, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, I'm proud of it because, um, it's mostly original music, mostly written by Brett every and myself. And, uh, and we have a few covers on there, but, 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 um, the, the whole feeling of the record is kind of like a KTEL, from the late seventies or early eighties, KTEL compilation record, you know, Mm -hmm. um, even though it's all original music, it, that's the feeling that you're getting because no two songs are alike, I think. But the thing that keeps them in connection with each other is they're all fairly mellow, you know? And, um, maybe the only thing that's missing from that mix would be like a funk jam, you know, but I thought, adding funk would bring it a little too diverse. So I figured my next project might be like a funk record, you know, but, um, but this one is good because you can like smoke a doobie and clean house, or you can, you know, drop some acid and take a drive. You oh know? my God. Yeah, but- <laughs> or you can sip Chardonnay and sit in a fern bar, like the Regal Beagle. I just yeah, listened to yeah. that. Or you could like lie in a fetal position and cry. You You can do all of these things and more with Amber Martin's record, AM Gold. So they can get that off Bandcamp if they want to do a digital download, but they should find you on Instagram um, and and your 
Miss Amber my, Martin. My handle on Instagram is Ms. Amber Martin, Ms. Amber Martin, Ms. Amber Martin. And that's also my Facebook uh, handle as well. Great. Oh, and um, and you can go to her website, www.ambermartin.org. Yes, because some com. other bitch, some bitch yeah. has my dot com. That is so rude. And That's so really rude. I, uh, I decided org was the best one because orgasm. Oh, wow. I I never thought about that. Yeah. I will say too, that this is not a cheap little flimsy, low weight vinyl album. This is a heavyweight quality album with a poster pullout. And, and oh my God. Yeah. I need it. It's really good. So if I'm just going to send you one, Heclina. Well, I want, I want a copy of the vinyl just so I can have as a piece of art, but I don't, I I don't have a record player, so I'll have to get the digital copy too on Bandcamp. You're just going to have to get a, get a record player damn it i know i really should it's worth it for this one all right well thank you thank you so much amber i love you i love you hecklina and i love you too mark every tuesday 7 p.m central standard time that's right and we'll put a summary of all of this on our website dragtimewithhecklina.com so you can look at the show notes and find the links and And link up with amber so i I love you Really, truly love you guys, and I love all of you guys out there in Heckelina land. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, this was really a lot of fun. Okay, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Heckelina. Please be sure, once again, to subscribe to our show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about the Drag Time with Heckelina podcast be sure to watch for mark's special announcements regarding the sideshow revival you can find him on instagram at don draper davenport thank you again miss amber and uh thank you to everybody for listening in and uh we'll be back on our next episode with a very special guest star uh vandela cram Thanks for listening to Drag Time with Hecklina. Our guest was Amber Martin. The artwork is by Mr. B Nation. Thank you to Nancy French. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me. I'm Mark. <laughs>